Well, good morning and welcome to Anastasia Church. We are so glad that you are joining us today. My name is Julia Murray. I'm the young adult minister here. If this is your first time visiting with us, I want to encourage you to stop by our welcome desk out in the atrium. We have a gift bag just for you. You can also text the number 904-441-6900 and text the word CONNECT. That will pull up our digital CONNECT card. And whether you're new or you've been here for a while, that's a great way to share prayer requests um, with our pastors here on staff. A few announcements that I have for you this morning. Next Sunday, during the 9 o'clock hour, we will have our next alignment class. If you're new to our church, that's a great way to learn more about the values here at Anastasia and many of the ministries and how you can get involved um, here. And so I want to encourage you, if you've been visiting or new to the church, to attend the alignment class next Sunday during the 9 o'clock services. Also, ladies, our annual luncheon is coming up on November 5th. If you have not yet registered, you can do that today in the atrium. Um, it's going to be a great time of community and fellowship, delicious food, and we're going to get to hear from many of our partners in the community that help women throughout all stages of their lives. So ladies, mark your calendars. You do not want to miss this. And last but not least, it is Operation Christmas Child time, and many of y'all have stopped by the table out in the atrium, grabbed your boxes, and started filling those up. What a blessing for our church to be able to be a part of this incredible outreach ministry. And we're just so grateful for all of the boxes that have already come back in and um, so excited about what the Lord is doing through this amazing ministry. With that, will you please turn your attention to the screen? Porque de chiquita aprendí que siempre voy a ser doctora. Cuando vine a la iglesia el otro día, en las cajitas que yo recibí, me fue bien bonito. Recibí una cosa, unos juguetes, un peluche bien bonito que estaba. Y con ese peluche voy a dormir. Y mi gatito también. Cuando recibí la caja estaba muy alegre. Aprendí que Dios siempre me quería y siempre me va a querer. Jesús es que me cuida desde arriba. Gracias por todos que me dan un regalo más bonito y siempre les voy a querer porque es una bendición de Dios. Gracias. Good morning, church. Good to see you in the house this morning. Uh, Operation Christmas Child is a beautiful ministry. If you hadn't got an opportunity to grab some shoeboxes, uh, we have a table out in the atrium. You can get a little list of uh, all the things that could go in them, and it's just a, it's an awesome opportunity to bless some others. Well, church, I wanted to take a moment just to share with you some um, heart-wrenching news. Uh, Pastor David, um, if you may have seen Pastor Walter's email, Pastor David, who is normally leading our uh, worship uh, during this hour, uh, this week uh, got diagnosed with multiple myeloma. 
uh, which is bone marrow cancer. And so you want to lift up Pastor David and his family in your prayers. Uh, we know that this is a, a difficult road, but we know that God is faithful and he is with Pastor David. And so I want to encourage you, first and foremost, to be praying for their family uh, and encourage him. And Pastor David, if you're watching, we love you so much, and we're so grateful for your ministry here, for your 17 years of faithful ministry here. And we want you to know that uh, we're praying for you and our love is with you. couple ways that you can help support and encourage David. Uh, we've set up an email called abclovesdavid at gmail.com, and we want you to send all the really corny dad cheesy jokes that you can to that email. And, uh, but we want to encourage you to, to use that email to encourage him. Uh, obviously, as he's going through treatment in these next few weeks, uh, we just ask that you respect the privacy of the family, but utilize that, op that outlet to encourage David and the family and be praying for them. We also have a quilt out in the atrium uh, that Gail is going to come tell us a little bit more is another opportunity that you can encourage the family. I'm Gail Patterson with the Quilting Ministry, and we have come up with the idea of creating a quilt for David that is going to be special from everybody. And you can all be a part of this is sign a square. We've got squares out there. They're about this big. And we encourage you to come sign a square. We're asking that only one per family because otherwise it, um, it's going to get really, really big. So, but also remember to stay closer to the middle and not to the side so we don't sew over any of the message. But we encourage everybody to come sign a square um, so that we can put it together and get it made for him, for him to look at all during his time. Okay? Thank you. Again, that, uh, you can sign those squares right out the atrium, uh, and there's some tables set up there. But over this next season, we just want to continue to lift Pastor David up in prayer. And um, he has been so faithful to this church over the last few years. And now as a church family and a church body, we have an opportunity to be faithful to their family. And so I want to ask you, as we voice a prayer for David this morning, would you please stand? And will you just lift your arms out as if you're praying and laying hands on David? And we're, we're just going to join and lift up Pastor David in prayer this morning. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful for our brother, David Elder. We're thankful for his faithful years of ministry here at Anastasia. We're thankful for his leadership. God, I know personally how much he has encouraged me, he's inspired me, as he has shown me, uh, God, just uh, what it means to be a faithful worshiper of you. And so, Father, I pray blessings over him. God, we know that we serve the ultimate healer, the great physician. And, Father, in your name and in your power, nothing is impossible. So we pray that your healing presence and power would be on Pastor David. Allow him to know the love that this church family has for him. God, through the power of your Holy Spirit, let him know that he is prayed for, God, that he has thought about, and he has loved greatly. And so pray that that blessing, that comfort that only comes from you, Lord, would be upon him. And that this, this season, Lord, would be an opportunity for his church family to be an encouragement to him as he has been an encouragement to so many. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning. My name is John Hamblin. I'm a member of the choir, and I have the privilege of leading you in congregational singing today. So if you would stand, we have a, I will begin with a, a, call to, a spoken call to worship. 
For you know that you were redeemed from your empty way of life, inherited from the fathers, not with perishable things like gold or silver, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. For those who are perishing, the message of the cross is foolishness. But to us who are being saved, it is God's power. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and I will set aside the understanding of the experts. But as for me, I will never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Continue as we sing.
I have to share this with you. When I, when I was in Haiti as a missionary, I, I distributed those boxes. And you ought to see the kids' faces when they open those boxes. So if you haven't got a box yet, that little girl that was on the screen earlier, she's just a small portion of, of the children. And boy, do they rejoice when they get those boxes. So grab one, fill it up, you know, go to the dollar store and get some things to send out. And it's just an exciting thing for them to get those boxes. Let's pray together. Father God, I do thank you again for uh, such a thing as those Christmas boxes and all that goes into them. I thank you too for, as we pray together for Pastor David and we pray for Pastor Sam as he shared with us this morning. Lord, you just be, just bless us and teach us new things. I thank you too, Lord, for the gifts and the offerings that are given each, each Sunday morning. And Lord, I thank you for the people that willingly sacrifice what they have to give back. And Lord, I pray that you'll just bless those gifts and use them as we reach out in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, amen. Speak to my heart, Lord Jesus. Speak to my heart, Lord
Thank you, Susan. Thank you, John, this morning for leading us. We appreciate you stepping in this morning to lead us in, in worship. So we're grateful for you here. Well, good to see you again this morning in the house, and we're just grateful that you're here to worship with us. And we're continuing our series uh, called 517, and we've been really storying through the Bible, looking at the character of who God is, but also looking at what God has done, what he's currently doing, and what he's going to continue to do uh, through his character and through who he is. And so we've been mostly, from this point, uh, going through the Old Testament stories of the Bible and looking at God's character. But today we're going to start diving a little bit more into the New Testament. And we're going to be looking at the incarnation of Christ, right? God with us and God coming in the flesh through his son Jesus uh, and entering in human flesh with us. But as we talk about incarnation, we talk about the idea of Christ coming to earth and in, uh, putting on humanity. I, I think um, kind of as an illustration as we think about this, uh, unfortunate news is tomorrow is Monday, in case you did not know, okay? And when it's Monday, a lot of us have to go to that, that word that starts with a W. Anybody know what that word is? Okay, I, I know I'm bringing up all the bad news, right? We go to work, and as we go to work, a lot of us have work attire that we have to put on. Maybe it is a uniform. Uh, if we work in law enforcement or uh, we work as a first responder, maybe we might have to put a suit on. Uh, maybe we have to uh, put on a hard hat and boots, right, as a part of our uniform to keep us safe. Uh, but for most of us, we've experienced a time in our life where we've had to put on work attire. And uh, there was a season in my life when I was uh, at Flagler College that I was, uh, had to put on a work attire, and I was waiting tables at a little restaurant called Barnacle Bills downtown. Maybe you've heard of it. I might have waited on you while I was there. But I waited tables there for about two or three years, and I had a work outfit that I put on. I put work attire, and it was these khaki pants, tennis shoes, and this polo blue button-up shirt that I absolutely despised wearing. It was itchy, it was uncomfortable, it didn't fit me right, and it smelled like fried shrimp. <laughs> and the more, t the more time I spent waiting tables, the, the less I could do to get rid of that fried shrimp smell. And so all my years working and waiting tables while I was in college, I had to wear this uniform, and I, I began to wear I just didn't really like wearing it. So my last day, I was grateful for the job, but the last shift that I had as I left, I threw away that blue polo shirt that smelled like fried shrimp. But that was the attire I had to wear. It was itchy, it was uncomfortable, it didn't fit me right. But as we talk about the incarnation of Christ, it was a time, and Scripture says, it was the fullness of time in which God had set aside for his son Jesus to be sent to earth, and he had to put on something to fulfill the mission that God called him to. And what he had to put on to fulfill the work that he had called him to was humanity. He had to physically put on flesh. God of the universe came and walked the earth. And so as we think about, Scripture tells us that in that time that Jesus came to fulfill the redempted mission of the Father. And for him to fulfill this plan, Jesus would have to put on something. He would have to put on humanity. Jesus had to, to do that to accomplish the work. He had to become flesh. And that was known as the incarnation of God in Christ. It was when the presence of God was embodied in man. Whereas prior, the presence of God was found in the Holy of Holies in the temple or the, between the Ark of the Covenant, now the presence of God was encapsulated in human form. And starting out, the presence of God was found in a fragile, humble baby born in a stable, born to a virgin. This is the mystery, that Jesus could be all divine and yet all human. Be different from man and yet be one in the same. That Jesus was in fact fully God and yet 
fully man. Uh, the theolog theologian of old, Spurgeon, said this about the incarnation. Infinite and yet infant. Eternal and yet born of a woman. Almighty and yet nursing. Supporting a universe and yet needing to be carried in a mother's arm. Heir of all things and yet a carpenter's despised son. This is the incarnation of Christ. And you know, as Christ came and he walked this earth to fulfill the mission and the role that God the Father had called him to fulfill, and he put on humanity, I think as we look at the incarnations, some characteristics of God become clear as we see Christ in the embodiment of man. So I want to give you four characteristics of God revealed in Christ's incarnation. And this morning, we're going to be looking at a New Testament in the, in the book of Galatians, in chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. And so if you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to turn to Galatians chapter 4, and we're going to be looking at verse 4. So if you could please stand in the honor of the reading of God's word. Galatians 4, verse 4 says this, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Verse 6. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so that you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated this morning. Four characteristics of God revealed in Christ's incarnation. As we look at that passage in Galatians, I think one characteristic of God revealed in the incarnation becomes very evident. The first, first part of that says, but when the fullness of time had come. In other words, God had a plan from, for humanity in the very beginning. And that plan was for humanity's redemption. Amen? <laughs> God desired to redeem humanity. God in the beginning had a plan, and it included you and me, right? Anybody grateful for that, right? How many of you in here are planners? You like to plan. You live by the calendar. Maybe you, uh, you have your calendar detailed by the hour, maybe even to the minute, your task for the day. You have a day timer. You look at it. You live by it, right? A few of those. How many of you are here just like, I'm just going to go with the flow? <laughs> we'll see what the day brings, right? <laughs> Some of us are like that. Any, any couples in here, one's a planner, one's just go with the flow? Any, we have any couples in here? That can always make for uh, exciting times, right? You know, I, I would kind of consider myself, I, I like to, to have a, my calendar and my plans, but I, I also like just to kind of go with the flow sometimes. And, but you know what I appreciate about the God of the universe <laughs> is he has a plan, <laughs> The God of the universe, the God that made you and me has a plan, and in that plan, we were included in our redemption. Our salvation was a part of that plan. God knew about us. He loved us. He cared for us before we ever stepped foot on this earth, and he had a plan for us, and that plan was for our redemption through his son, Christ Jesus. Uh, in the beginning of the, the Gospel of John, John writes very detailed about uh, helping us to understand the incarnation of Christ because it's a mystery and it's a wonder, but he puts it into words very elegantly in the first part of John. He says this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him not anything that was made was made. Verse 4, I love this. 
In him was life, and the life that was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Throughout Scripture, throughout history, we see God's redemptive plan at work. We see God's redemptive nature at work. We see in the beginning that Christ was present with God the Father as they created, as they worked to redeem, as they worked to uh, help man and bring light into the darkness. And I think as we look through Scripture, as we've been storing through the Bible, we see the power of God and his light and the power it has to overcome darkness, right? It overcame the darkness in the past, it's overcoming darkness in the present, and it's going to continue to overcome darkness in the future because that is the God that we serve. He is full of light, and he is redemptive in the work that he does. God the Father created, he redeemed, and he brings light and life to humanity. You know, in all of this, we see that God had a plan for you and me. And when the fullness of time came in which God had planned, he wanted to tell the world of his great redemptive plan in Christ Jesus. But how would he do it? How would God of the universe share with the world the news, the good news about his redemptive plan in Jesus? Would he call us? Would he email us? Would he send us a text? (laughs) Would he post it on Facebook? No. The God the Father would send his son to embody humanity, to walk among his people, to be with them, to be present to hear them, to comfort them, to care them, and to love them. That's the God we serve. He sent his son in person. No, the plan was for God to send his son physically to come to live among his people, to literally dwell among his people, to live, to love, to be joyous, to hurt, to celebrate, to suffer, and ultimately to die for humanity. The eternal son of God from the beginning was to become incarnate, to put on flesh so that we could see the fullness of God's glory. As we, I read a little bit from John chapter one in the gospel, uh, it goes on to say in verse 14, I love this, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And it says this, we have seen his glory. Glory is the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. You know, so much of Christ coming to this earth, becoming incarnate, was so that we could see the fullness of God's glory. That it would be on display for all the world to see, to see his glory, but also to see the love of the Father. So much of the incarnation is an example to us. Why did Jesus come to the earth to pay for our sins and to offer us forgiveness? It's because God wanted us to know the depth of his love for us. Love was on display. He wanted us to put uh, on display the, the labor of his love. He wanted us to see the example of how we should live. He wanted us to know that our sin and our brokenness is not without cost to both him and to us. Jesus put his labor of love on display. You know, I think about this as, you know, for many of us, after the service gets over and the pastor doesn't go too long, right, uh, you can go over to Publix and you can go to the produce department and you can pick out fruits and vegetables that are already ready to eat. They're ripe. And uh, we see the fruit of the labor, but we don't see the labor of the fruit, right? So we can pick out that fruit and that apple, and, and we can bite into it, and it'll taste delicious, but none of us probably suffered to grow that apple. 
None of us had to stay up late at night to make sure that uh, the apples were covered and they were warm enough or, or, or we didn't do the work of watering it or fertilizing it or uh, doing all the things necessary to grow that apple. We didn't see the labor of the fruit. We just see the fruit of the labor, right? For Christ coming to earth and putting on humanity, we saw the labor of love and not just the fruit that is salvation of love. All the world saw that God's only son, Jesus, would come to this earth and humble himself. Humble himself to the point of going to the cross for your and my sins. So as we look in scripture, we see the labor and what it cost Jesus. And it cost everything. And so as we look at that, we see Jesus' labor was on display for all the world to see. in the measure and the depth of his love for us but we see the characteristic of God that he is redemptive in his nature and continually seeks to redeem us through the hope of salvation through Christ Jesus. Second thing that you can write down this morning is it shows that God has empathy. He is empathetic over us. Going to our passage in Galatians, it says, born of a woman and born under the law. An implication of the incarnation was that Jesus in the flesh was able to reveal that he was a God not distant from his people, but very near, and he was familiar with the hurts and the struggles of his people, the challenges that they face. So yet there is an empathetic bond with humanity. He was born of a woman and born under the law. You know what separates Christianity from many other religions and religious texts and religious figures? As Christianity is the only religion or faith that we see where the God of the universe came down and dwelled among his people. He became incarnate, that he walked with them. We don't see any other religion or religious figure who dwelt among his people the way that Jesus did. Hebrews 4.15 says it like this, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, right? But one who in every respect has been tempted as we are and yet without sin. And it says this in verse 16, which I love. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. In other words, what we go through in life, what we experience in life, the challenges, the heartbreak, the hurt, Jesus experienced that while walking this earth. And because he experienced it, not only can he sympathize with us, not only does he have empathy over us, but he can relate we do have a heavenly father who, through Christ Jesus, in our time of need, when we say, God, you just wouldn't understand what I'm going through. No, Jesus understands. He gets it because he lived the life that you and I lived in humanity, so he understands us. I, I was the other day, I was thinking about this idea of empathy and, and uh, you know, really what it looks like to have empathy on, on another person. And, I was uh, laying on the couch at our house, and I wasn't feeling good. I had a sore throat, and I was coughing. And while I was laying on the couch, my, my son was upstairs just playing, having a good time. And he, he finally, after some time, came down there, saw me laying on the couch, and he said, Dad, what's, what's wrong? I said, oh, you know, son, I, my throat hurts. I got a little bit of cough. And, and he said, oh, okay. And then a little bit of time went by, and I heard him do this little fake cough, like, <coughs> Dad, I'm not feeling good either crawled up there on the couch and just laid next to me. 
You know, empathy is something we understand at a very early age. And the idea of empathy is to empathize is to feel, to share, and to carry others' burdens even when they are not our own. Jesus, as he went to the cross, he wasn't carrying his burdens. He wasn't dying for his sins. He was dying for mine and for yours. See, Jesus empathized with us. He had sympathy over us. He knew the struggles of life, and that's why he went to the cross for us. And not only do we see that his life demonstrated what it's like to care enough for another person, to lay down your life for those whom you love, he set a model for us and how we should live our lives. And our incarnation was not just for the, to reveal the glory of God the Father, but it was also to be an example to us on how we should live our lives. Empathetic, giving sympathy to those around us. And maybe as the church, when a brother or sister is struggling or they're going through like a difficult time, that it would be a reminder for us whether that burden is personally ours or not, that we would walk with those people as if it is our own burden, as if it is our own challenge. Because that is the role of the church that God has called us to play. And what a beautiful way that we can play it. And what a beautiful example that we have in Christ Jesus to help others carry their burdens and walk alongside of them. His death, or I'm sorry, the third thing that you can write down is that we see the characteristic of God as being relational. Relational. The passage of Galatians says, so that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters. What is incredible about Jesus' ministry, if you spend some time looking at it, is that it was all about relationships. He spent so much time with his disciples, uh, those who were the crowd, the multitude, those who were sick and hurting and dying, that he would walk with them, he would care for them, and he would build relationships with them. And you cannot look at Jesus' ministry on earth and not say that he was deeply involved in relational ministry. He cared for people. He walked with them. When you really think about it, do you realize that all that Jesus endured and went to the cross for, suffered for, was though that you and I might be in right relationship with God the Father? That was his desire. It was about relationships. And for us, that we might experience a relationship with the Heavenly Father, otherwise that we wouldn't be able to. But through his sacrifice and his sanctification that comes through his death and sacrifice, by him being the perfect sacrificial lamb on the cross, when we put belief and trust in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, now that we can have a relationship with God the Father. He was about relationship. It says in the scripture that his death was for our adoption. How incredible. That Jesus paid the price so that we might be sons and daughters of the king. And as the scripture says, not just sons and daughters, but heirs to the kingdom that you and I would be a royal priesthood of saints and believers adopted by our Heavenly Father through the work of Christ Jesus on the cross. You know, I, I think about sometimes, what, what would have Jesus' mission statement have been, right? If you, if you go to any major company or organization, all of them will tell you what their mission statement is, right? I mean, they'll have it written on the wall. They can tell you their mission statement, their vision plan, their core values, their five-year goals and plan, and, you know, they'll have it written out. And, and that, that's important, right? Because we know that a mission statement should tell your why. Why are you existence? Why are you doing what you're doing? Uh, Anastasia, our, our mission statement here is helping people embrace the life-changing truth of Jesus, right? That's our why. That's why we do everything that we do. 
We want to help people understand the truth of Jesus and what it means to have a relationship with him and that it is life-giving and life-changing. That's our why. And I, and I think about Jesus and, you know, it doesn't say in, in John's gospel, right, hey, here's Jesus' mission statement. Here's his core values. Here's his five-year vision plan, right? Here's his strategies that he utilizes. We don't get that. But what I love about scripture is that we see how Jesus lived his life each and every day. And because we can see that, we can almost put together, we can, we can put together his mission statement. And, and I love what John 17, this is the high priestly prayer. In other words, it's like the last prayer that Jesus voiced before he was taken to be crucified. And it says this in verse one, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. Since you have given him all authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. Verse three, listen to this. And this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. All right, this is Sam speaking. But if I, if I, if I had to guess, this is Sam's commentary, what Jesus' mission statement was by looking at his life and looking at his words right here, I think if Jesus had a mission statement, this would, this would be it, that they may know you, that they may know the Father in heaven. I think as Jesus got up each and every day and he spent time with his disciples, as he went to the, the lepers, those who were outcasts, his prayer and his desire for each of them was that they may know the Father. And through knowing the Father, the work of Christ on the cross and the salvation, which is eternal life through his son Jesus. That was his prayer. That was his mission each and every day that the people would know the Father. You know, I wonder what it would look like if each and every one of us would live by that mission statement daily. That each person that we come in contact with work and our family and our lives, our prayer, our mission, our why each and every day would be that they may know the Father. They may know the Father through the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. That was Jesus, I believe, his mission daily. And I believe that he modeled it because we should live it out in our lives, that they may know the Father. Fourth thing you can write down as we see a characteristic of God is that he is sacrificial. Sacrificial. It says in Galatians, so you are no longer a slave but a son, and if a son, an heir through God. Through Christ's sacrifice on the cross of giving of his son, he gave everything. He gave everything so that you and I might be in relationship with the Father. Philippians 2, verse 6 says it this way. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. Taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of a man, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. For our sake, Jesus emptied himself. That word empty in Philippians is kenosis, the Greek, which means an emptying of oneself to become obedient. Meaning he gave fully of himself to become obedient to the Father and dying on the cross. The emptying was not finished when he entered earth. The emptying was finished when he died on the cross and gave his last breath. At that point, he had given everything for you and I. 
From the moment that Jesus entered this earth, there began this process of him sacrificially giving of himself, the emptying of himself. And throughout his life, his days on earth, that emptying process would continue until he gave his last breath on the cross, at which point he had sacrificed and given all for you and me. Jesus paid it all. He gave it all for us so that you and I might be in relationship. Last scripture I'll share with you. This was Jesus' prayer. This was Jesus' desire. John 10, I'm the good shepherd and I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for my sheep, I have other sheep that are not in this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice so that there will be one flock, one shepherd. And for this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I might take it up again. Some of us in here this morning, the shepherd's calling us. In a still small whisper and voice, he's beckoning us, he's calling us to be a part of his flock so that he could be our good shepherd, so that he can look over us, so that we can live in relationship with him. And this morning, my question is, is the shepherd's calling, are you responding? I don't know what he's calling you to this morning. Maybe the shepherd's calling you and he's calling you and telling you that you're bearing the weight of your burdens and your sins on your own. And then you can lay those at the foot of the cross. Maybe Jesus is calling and he says, you need to be a part of a church family. And just as there's going to be a season where you need to give in your life, but there's also a season where you need to receive and to be blessed by others. Maybe he's calling you to be a part of the family. Wherever he's calling you this morning, I pray that you'd know right here this morning, Anastasia Baptist Church in the sanctuary, right where you're at, right where you're sitting, the God of the universe, through his son Jesus, is speaking to you. Will you respond? Will you answer the call? Will you walk in faithfulness towards him? Because as we look at the incarnation of Christ and him coming here, he gave it all for our sake. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we love you. God, we want to give you all glory. We want to give you all honor. Lord, I thank you that, God, you did not consider giving of yourself, fully of yourself, a thing uh, to be out of your reach, Lord. But, God, you sent your son Jesus to walk this earth to be among us, to live among us, to be tempted and tried in every way, yet perfect and holy, and yet giving of everything and sacrificing fully for us. So Lord, as you call us this morning, God, I pray maybe this morning we just need to come to this altar and, or maybe we just need to kneel or pray where we're at, Lord. I pray that we would do that. God, as your voice is speaking, Lord, may we respond. Maybe it's to join this church. Maybe it's to take a next step of faith and put our trust in you, Lord. I pray whether that's coming down here this morning and uh, taking a next step of putting our trust in you or, or asking somebody after the service or meeting with one of our counselors, Lord, I pray, Father, that those who you are calling this morning would not leave without making that decision. So, Father, we love you. We give you all glory. We give you all honor. It's in Christ's name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Let's stand. Let's worship. You come as God calls. You come.
Church, as we depart, receive your blessing from God's word. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And our challenge, go out now to grow in your understanding of and appreciation for God's ultimate victory. And all God's people who pledged to do so said... <laughs>